how's it going everybody? Today's date is March 17th, 2017. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We are here at uh, Crazy Mocha in Pittsburgh, Bloomfield, down on Liberty Ave. And uh, today we are going to be talking about um, a little bit of history on the rap music. And uh, Shem the Pen here is here with me. And he uh, he's, the, he's the scholar of, <laughs> of hip-hop. I do not know very much about it, just pretty basic stuff, so I'm going to let Shem the Pen take some things over and describe We'll go back through history. We're going to flash them back to the swords with knowledge. There we go. I think that's a good like subtitle for the podcast. That's what okay. we do. We flash yeah. them back. Flash them back. To the swords with knowledge. Yeah. You could write that right on there. That's know, good. That's going to happen. Right? Yeah. I think it's all right. That's from Liquid Swords. Oh. That's from uh, Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Eric was just telling me about that. Yeah. Liquid Swords. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, out. it's one of the best. Yeah. That's the Jizza and it's prime time Wu-Tang. Dig into that. You'll hear that quote right at the beginning, too. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, um, maybe, do you want to give me a little background on like how you got into hip-hop and that kind of thing like what was sure yeah well i i got into it heavy back when remember those old columbia record house that was a thing where you could order it's they'd come out in like um the paper and they'd say yeah get 12 tapes for a penny oh i remember those you know send you 12 free ones just pay a penny, but meanwhile, the small print, you now have to, you're signed up for 20 years of getting John Cougar Mellencamp and all this crap. Yeah. And I signed up under three different names, like Robert Jeffrey, Jeffrey Robert, and I, and I built this whole early collection of, like, classic, like, hip-hop tapes, and meanwhile, my mom is stuck getting, you know, she's got to pay, she's getting Chardet, and she's going, like... Excuse me, what is this? But that's where I that's where I originally dug in. Yeah. And I this was, you know, late eighties and early nineties mm-hmm. and I got my collection of Cool G Rap and Big Daddy Kane, EPMD and all these classic guys that we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about where it started, mm-hmm. where it peaked, the renaissance and where it's going now. Because we're we're talking about the art of Rapping, or not just the hip hop music, right? But the art Culture. of ra- rapping over the beat. Okay, you know, like what does it? What makes a great rapper? Yeah, great. Yeah, which is different from like rap music. So we're not going to talk about like Run DMC, mm-hmm. you know, which is they're I'm sure they're important, but they're not great rappers for this discussion. You okay, know what I mean, okay. Uh, and See, and I'm intrigued to know because I don't, I. Well, just me knowing, I don't know the basics like that kind of. I know the basics. I don't know. Well, here you the go. We're, we're gonna we're gonna flash you back, man. Right. With knowledge. There we go. So, rap is it's basically poetry over a beat, mm-hmm. and you could get real reductive and say that's going back all the way to probably cavemen did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You could go back to Homer did that. Yeah. You know, I mean, but for our discussion, I think it goes back to. Poetry over the beat, beat poets yeah. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Kerouac and Ginsburg and these guys, they were, their poetry was very musical, was inspired by jazz, was inspired by, you know, getting high, smoking hash, and right. popping pills, and being <laughs> in the street yeah. and reflecting their lives. Yeah. So that's why I say, even if they don't have a direct influence, 
I see them as an early precursor. Precursor to, to let's go. I mean, I think Allen Ginsberg would love hip hop or what a lot of guys are doing in hip hop. Yeah, he would yeah. appreciate it because mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. Well, yeah, like you were saying too, they're a part of the city life and the culture yeah. of what was going down. And so you're being out there, and uh, that's very much like what, you know, a lot of the old hip hop stars like would rap about, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it's important too that they were talking about dissent and dissidents and revolution and trying to fight against uh, whatever tyranny or power yeah. or injustice. That's pretty important. That's pretty key for rap music. Right. You know, you don't, you don't rap about saluting the flag. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's not what it's about. <laughs> so that's why, like, the beat poets were a little bit in the history of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So then we move forward a little bit and we have... Maybe to some degree, Bob Dylan was doing that in his peak era, like 63 and 66 or 67. Okay. A lot of poetry and a lot of dense wordplay, subterranean homesick blues. Right, yeah. Dives in the basement, mixing up the medicine. It's kind of, is is an early rap yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of, it's also what's important with that kind of thing, a lot of little references that fly under the radar, at least it did then. Mm-hmm. I you bet know, it did, yeah, know, especially. It's like people don't, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Right, you know, yeah. Weathermen were an underground political thing, you know, they, yeah. they picked that from that. A lot of like counterculture, revolutionary people picked up on that. Right. No, that's... You know, <laughs> I love that song too. Subterranean oh, Homesick Blues. Yeah. That's a yeah. great thing. It's like rap. It yeah, it's like early rap. Yeah, it's all on one chord. It's just, a, and it's just. That's all he did. And what year was that one? Was that's that sixty-five? Sixty-five. That's wow, that's crazy. Home. That's yeah. crazy. That was his peak. That was the Dylan peak of his poetry of just dense poetry. It's yeah. a great song. Gates of Eden is on that. I'm gonna have to listen Mr. to that. Mr. Tambourine also. Man is on that. Yeah, album. that's a good tune. Blonde on Blonde is really the best. Yeah. That's the next year. Then he had his motorcycle crash and he he eased up a little bit. But that's when he was in the peak of his fame and his It was really groundbreaking stuff. Very groundbreaking. Yeah. And it holds up. And we're gonna see totally. when we talk about these rap guys, they hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Because real art, you know, real genius yeah. It's a shock of recognition around the world, you know? Right, man. If it's a genius, it's going to hold up. Absolutely. If your shit doesn't hold up, you know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't in you. Yep. You know? it did, it's not going to stand the test of time, yeah. no, so no. to speak. Yeah. So then we move up, and we have, in the early 70s, we have a group called The Last Poets, which mm-hmm. was like, um, kind of like hipster. It was like black militant. Um, freeform poetry like over bongos kind of thing okay and like if you listen to it, it almost sounds like self-parody you can you could but it's deep and they were they were talking about problems in society and uh, injustice mm-hmm. and just freeform no bullshit very courageous poetry Jimi Hendrix actually did a track with them really right before he died it's called Duriella de Fontaine Whoa. and it's a, a very early rap song he just does a riff yeah and they just do they their just poetry go. over it that's awesome I mean people have sampled Jimi Hendrix it, that's a that's an early rap Whoa. you know well um were, were they based out of a certain area or were they, they were New York New York yeah, okay yeah. <clears throat> and they're still I mean I think I think they're still they've they went on and they were still around for a while uh-huh. you know 
And so they did stuff maybe up until recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. sure. That's cool. So, and they were sampled too. They were sampled in Tribe Called Quest. Okay. You know, if you go back, you'll you'll find the last poets are a, are a key reference. Okay. But then moving up, we have rap, hip hop started pretty much in the Bronx and New York in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. And but for us, we're going to talk about really where rappers in the eighties really elevated and created the art form of rapping over a beat. Right, okay. So you have some guys, you have Rakim. Okay. He's one of the earliest guys. Eric B and Rakim, have you heard of them? I think so. Maybe when I took history of rock music way back when? Yeah. That way when it struck up. He's like pretty important because he's a guy who just flowed through a beat Mm -hmm. and just went on and on. A lot of little poetry, a lot of references in there, Mm -hmm. and he elevated it to a sense of beyond like Run DMC, beyond just being like a party rap guy. Right. He elevated the art form of it. Big Daddy Kane is another guy. Okay. He's a guy who also had the flow, and he's similar to Rakim, uh, a little bit more old school, but Big Daddy Kane is a guy who, you listen to his stuff, it absolutely holds up today. Yeah. And he'll get on tracks, he's, he'll put up, every once in a while he'll put on a new track, it's great. Yeah. Like, he, he just has that flow that... It's adaptable. It's like, adaptable and it's current and it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, he did a track with, there was a group called Jurassic Five. I love Jurassic Five. Okay. I love, they're my, they're my favorite rap group, actually. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, like, they did, he did a throwback track with them. It was called Day at the Races. Okay. Right? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. Walk hard in the PJX on the streets of Brooklyn. I'm a crew of DCEPs. On the streets of L.A., I'm a whole East set. On tracks with Jurassic, I'd be the T-Rex. Still that Gucci dressing. Still that Gucci pressing. My pimp game smooth begets them. I mean, he washed them on that track. No offense to yeah, um, Jurassic 5. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like them, too. I love yeah. their beats. The guys that make the beats are great. Oh, yeah. And um, Charlie Tuna in that band is yeah. great. Yeah, oh, my he's, God. He's yeah. great. But Kane stepped in and really laid didn't it down. just hold his own. That's kind of what we're saying. Is like he was not just like, oh, let's let the old guy have his yeah. spot. Yeah. The old guy came in and said, "This is why I'm important. Uh, yeah. This is why I'm the man." Exactly, you know? dude. That's awesome. I got. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Though. Day at the races. Would, would you know what album that's on? The second one. Second uh, one. Um, is that Power and Numbers? Um, yeah, I think. I think Power so. Numbers. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, because there's what's golden on there. And... Yep, power numbers. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah. Day at the race. Yeah. All right. I'm sure I heard it before then. I'll have to re-listen to that. So then we have um, to get back to like sort of political stuff. You have KRS One, Boogie mm-hmm. Down Productions. Okay. He's a, he's a guy who brought. He's almost like even when he was like 20 or when he was first starting out, he's like a, almost like a father figure kind of. He's like a paternal kind of guy who he was not involved in. You know, out drinking and partying, and yeah, he was he was pointing out injustice, and he was a political guy in that right. sense, and elevating the art form, mm-hmm. saying, which he's done ever since. To the point that it almost gets tiring. I mean, yeah, recent stuff is 
it's over and over again. It's a little and, overkill. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got his place, but mm-hmm. but you listen to his early stuff, even from right off, he's beyond, like, other, he's, he's not Sugar Hill Gang. Right. This right. is something different. Jarrah's one yeah. is something different. Has a little more depth to it. Very much more depth. Yeah. And all these guys, too, is any rapper that you know in the 90s, any new rapper, they are, they worship these early guys, Rakim, Kane. Paris one Yeah. These guys, you'll hear references to their songs. Like, if you go back and listen to these old songs, you go, oh, that's where they got that from. Yeah. Oh. Things because these current rappers, newer rappers, studied these guys. Yeah. Like, you study an old writer, you know? You old study writer, a painter. You or know? like, a, even comedians. You study an yeah. old comedian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you can say, oh, that's where he got that style from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, a, like, um... Like, a lot of people stole the style of Richard Lewis, that comedian. Right. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. You know? And even he kind of stole, not stole, but he took from Woody Allen. Right. You know? Yeah. Dude, that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, um, and these really great artists will do that. You, you can you can take borrow from somebody. You can be oh, inspired. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the other guy is, we, we also have Chuck D uh-huh. from Public Enemy. Okay, yep. He's an important guy who sometimes gets left out of this discussion of who's the great rappers he's absolutely why is that why would he get left out would you think I don't know he's not he's not quite as much of a flow guy he's not like like if you listen to Rakim mm-hmm. he'll get up anywhere I mean and just you're impressed by just how he raps you know okay Chuck so D I think is a guy who kind of does need the band and need the a little bit of sports behind yeah. him like he did like Rakim could do it without a beat and just boom just go 10 minutes mm-hmm. and it's just natural yeah flows but Chuck D kind of needs he, but he, it's more about the music and the songs he put out right right but I mean I remember I was in 6th grade and listening to uh, Takes the Nation of Millions I'm wondering you know Farrakhan's a prophet I think you ought to listen to and all these like references yeah. I didn't know what they were oh no yeah. but I was rapping them out too yeah. I memorized that whole album that's he awesome. influenced a whole generation of people, Chuck D, to all these like militant ideas, but in a positive, positive manner. Way, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Peace. That's yeah. That's in the Wu Tang too. Peace. Protons, electrons always cause explosions. Peace. P E A C E. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's yeah. the other thing we're talking in this. Is these guys are? I mean, even Big Daddy Kane had songs about. You know, you got to love each other you know mm-hmm. you gotta have peace you gotta erase you gotta song erase racism right. songs against censorship uh, KRS one did a thing self destruction about gang problems yeah, yeah. this is this is timeless stuff and that's what I like too about Jurassic 5 they're like they're mostly about that and like the realization of not like the the glorification of like gangster rap or all that stuff where it's more so hey like there's, you know, there's more to this. You, we try to be legitimate. We don't try to like put on any airs of being like, yeah. you know, Hollywood or sucked up in all the fame and you know all that kind of thing. And that's what's awesome about, I think, that kind of hip hop is. And Jurassic Five. There are also guys who hold up the art. They talk yes. about this is the art form. This is what we do. Yeah, exactly. And this is who, yeah, how we standard. go for. It. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that in their music too. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. But if you want to talk about gangster stuff, too, that's pretty important, too. Right, right. Now, the other guy, the last guy we'll talk about of the early people is Cool G Rap. 
mm-hmm. who was much more his songs were definitely like a Scorsese movie. Yeah, his like hyper detailed stuff, and nobody was doing that before him. Like, even if there were guys who might you know have the gold chain and talk tough, right? Nobody was talking like real specific like drug deals gone wrong right feels like to be in that and not he's I mean his stuff is seeped in violence and gangster stuff but it's really like how it feels to be in that and stuff goes wrong and you're chased by the cops or you're double crossed by a buddy or your house gets knocked into you know yeah his cool G rap is like that he's really important is he from the New York area as well New York City yep okay and that was one of the first tapes I got when I got that Columbia record house was cool G rap road to the riches Uh which samples uh, Billy Joel um, uh, what is it Stiletto. Stiletto. It's a banging sample, man. Yeah. And the, and Ro- Cool G Rap Road to the Riches. Look that one up. Okay. It's a classic. Okay. And he, probably more than any others, didn't get his due in his time, but was more inf- most influential for what he was doing, like, in terms of, because rap, in, especially in the 90s, did turn to sort of a gangster. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Tarantino movies. And exactly, that Scorsese certainly helped. And Scarface. Or, yeah, you know. oh, they took so much from right, Scarface. Right. But it, 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 for a while, people like the, the Rakim, Big Daddy Kane were a little less relevant. Fuji uh-huh. Rap became more, you saw his influence more in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, now he did he come to prominence in the early 80s or late 80s more so this is mostly he's late 80s he started I think first album was like 88 okay most of these guys I think the earliest we're going back is 87 87 okay I think Rakim is 87 and the first KRS is 87 okay so this is all happening in the late 80s these okay guys we're talking about and it, and so I mean it's not that long ago. No, you know? really. And these yeah. guys are still around, and they, oh, so they they're still right. jumping on tracks once in a while. And you got to think too, like even with like a lot of like the classic rock bands and stuff like that, they're playing in the '70s, early '70s. And yeah. Now they're still doing it like Tom Petty and shit like that. You know, these guys. Yeah. Neil Young. Neil Young, and like these guys, if they're doing it in the '80s, they're definitely doing it nowadays too. So it's cool, you can see that still strong influence going on. Or like Neil Young played with, remember he played for a while with Pearl Jam. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know? And in a way, Neil Young was, I think, almost like better than Pearl Jam. Like he, he was, I would say so. He was way older. Yeah. He was more vital in a lot of ways. Like right. they, they looked at him not as like, oh, here's grandpa playing. They looked at him like, this guy's leading us This still. is the dude, yeah, this you know? is the dude. And yeah. that's that that's that higher level of right. genius. Right, they're know? getting the rub too, like, um, yeah. the a lot in pro wrestling, you know? Yeah, You yeah. lose to, like, say, uh, John Cena loses to The Rock or beats The Rock, he gets the rub from The Rock because he's The Rock, yeah. you know what I mean? Pearl Jam did the job for... Right. Uh, well, no, Neil Young did, did the, the job, job for, for, for Pearl yeah. Jam. But Neil Young still... Yeah, oh, he's he's like he can't, like, flair, break yeah. his star, nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, He's still Neil Young. Like, Ric Flair can lose, it doesn't matter, he's still Exactly, better. yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, um, so then they, uh, they influenced people in the 90s, going into the 90s now, um, who would, now, before we, I guess we get into that, 
do you, could you pinpoint who those guys were influenced from? Like initially, uh, what would be there? Would they have like the really old school kind of like like Grandmaster Flash? Would that have I been get, anything yeah, where the they message, take from the message? A little bit. Yeah. But I think these guys deserve their due because they invented yeah. this. They really did invent it. I mean, uh-huh. Rakim. There's nobody that was doing what he was doing before that, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, I mean, I think Grandmaster Flash, the message is an important one. Yeah. Um, but these guys are really the inventors of this art form that's gone on. It's billions of dollars and it's worldwide. Right, until what it is, to what it is. What it is yeah. today. Yeah. But I don't, not that I know of. I mean, these guys really like the early rock music that, I mean, the Beatles invented so many styles. Yeah. Where did that come from? Exactly, I mean, yeah. The reason people play with a couple of guitars and a drummer and a bassist is because of the Beatles. Yeah. They set that, you know what I mean? That, that's that the foundation thing, of this. They showed up on Ed Sullivan and everybody in the world wanted to be, I want to do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I guess they came from like rockabilly or, you know, Whatever, yeah, that kind of thing. Stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, that was, it, it, it just came out. Yeah, know? and like, that's the thing is like, innovation, you know? Yeah. You innovate on something and you build on to something else. That's, yeah. So, and the Beatles are perfect for that. And so, these guys are kind of like that. Very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, do you want to talk about going into the 90s or what? Yeah, yeah. Well, the ni- now the 90s are the renaissance time of, this is really the peak of, Lyricism of best. We talk about the best rappers ever. Right. Most likely, you're gonna focus on '90s guys. Yeah, yeah. You have Tupac, mm-hmm. Biggie, yep. Nas, Jay Z came up then. Yeah. You know, I mean, where do you want to? Where do you want to? Wherever you think's the best part, because I mean, or the best start for this. Um, I guess we talked about Tupac before in our like trial podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with him, I guess, because uh, I don't know, like he. When how I learned about Tupac was just being in transferring to public school, yeah, and then seeing all uh, you know a lot of my classmates wearing these R.I.P. Tupac shirts and yeah, stuff like that, yeah. and I'm like, who the heck is Tupac and why is he so popular? So there's like a mythology built around him. Actually, for me, like if I had to pick a rapper that I was like, well, who's who's the big name rapper that you know? And this is 11 year old me or whatever, but yeah, I'd be like, yeah. oh, Tupac, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. So, There's absolutely mythology. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with him because he's somebody that I don't know a lot about still. Okay. But he always kind of intrigued me. So. Well, you know, so he, he, Tupac, like for his his art, his music, his early stuff is very much influenced by Chuck D. And he was his first couple of albums are not quite codified artistically, I don't think, mm-hmm. because he he was. Um, it's a little bit like sub public enemy kind of thing, you know? right? And but he always was honest and emotional and very direct. Yeah, you know, you're not getting a lot of like um, variation and complexity. A lot of the bars are just straight A B A B A B. You know, rhymes like that. Okay. But it's more about the emotion, the energy, the vitality, and the honesty and the way people can relate to him. Yeah. Yeah. He did an album then called uh, Me Against the World, which is one of his best. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's getting in trouble everywhere. I mean, the first time I heard of him was he was shooting at cops, literally shooting, <laughs> which apparently he did because he got involved because he saw um, they were 
uh, beating up somebody. So uh -huh. he got involved and ended up shooting at him. You know? Yeah. That was how, and he, he came up just trouble. Like all you heard was. Yeah, well, this guy's he's got some trouble. he's got some own notorious to him. A little bit, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. So. But you know that then in in the span of a couple of days, he he was um, he had been charged for a rape charge, mm -hmm. which was bullshit. It was his friends that did it, mm -hmm. or apparently did that. Were involved in that. Yeah. But he got hit with this charge. Was getting ready to go to jail. Mm -hmm. Right before that, he got shot. They're trying to rob him mm -hmm. in uh, a New York studio. This also is the start of his conflict with Biggie. Okay. Because they were apparently doing a song, and, and he felt they knew something about this. That it goes all so deeply into. So the people that shot him were who? Were they somebody in particular? There were some guys. I think uh, I, I don't know exactly who they were, but right. he was he was like butting heads with some sort of some street. Factions, right, um, in New York, okay, and who control now? Rap is a is a big business. Became a big business by the nineties. Is becoming a business, right? And you have like, you know, like down south, there were guys like Master P and this guy Jim Jake Prince, and uh -huh. these guys are starting record labels who were kind of gangsters. Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, Birdman. That oh, guy, okay. I mean, he's a gangster. Yeah, that guy. and these guys are starting. Did he get it start in the early nineties? Was he more so uh, later no, I think on? it's more late nineties. Okay, because that's when I when his name started becoming. Yeah, me, me too. But he's yeah. he's another guy who is. I mean, music business has always been gangster. Right. Yeah. It's it's you know it's it's conflict mm -hmm. and it's um, it's illegal businesses that or maybe laundering money. Who knows right. what's going on? That whole payola like, business. <laughs> payola, all that shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And so I mean, rap isn't any different, but it's a little more. Um, it got a. Were more intensified, right? So Tupac is butting heads with these guys in New York. You know, he was a guy. Now he's West Coast, though, correct? Or am I? Well, he's from originally. I mean, he's from. He was lived in Baltimore, and then he went. Out. He's from New York, and then he went um, to Oakland for a while. He bounced around all over. He didn't claim the West Coast really until. So he go, he goes to jail off this after he's been shot. Sure. And he got bailed out by Suge Knight, speaking of gangsters who right. run record labels. Yes. I mean, there's no bigger gangster. Or yeah. Thing, you know what I mean? So Tupac gets bailed out of jail by Suge Knight and gets drawn into a fight that, that Suge Knight already has going with um, Bad Boy Records and Puffy Combs. Yeah, okay. This is like actual street bloods and crips and street gangs. Sure. Tupac gets amped up off this, and that's when he started claiming the West Coast. Suge Knight's West Coast? Just to East Coast. West. Yeah, Suge okay. Knight is a California gangster. He was uh, like a bodyguard for a while for different rappers. Okay. But, I mean, he is serious. Yeah. You know, he's no joke. You don't want to F with Suge. You don't. You will get run over. I mean, you saw that video. He ran over the guys in the car. No, I didn't see that video. And he got mad at that NWA movie that came out. Oh, did he? And oh. he showed up somewhere and decided to run over some guys in the car. You know what I mean? Which was another 
day in the life of Suge Knight. Yeah. But I thought he was in prison. Yeah, that's why. That's why. So, well, well, he'd been in prison before. Right, yeah. He, well, we'll get to why he was he went in prison the first time, but now he's on trial. I mean, he's probably never getting out of prison because of his manslaughter. Right, right. Um, Some axe to grind <laughs> over. Oh, a little bit. Film yeah. biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's like if, so, if the movie came out with your somebody's portraying Dominic and you didn't like how it yeah. was. Like, you go. Well, you probably would. Yeah. Would you go run somebody? Over? I would maybe uh, like take my bike and take uh, your bike and try to run them over. Like do a wheelie over them or something. Yeah, yeah. Probably hurt myself in the process. Yeah. yeah. But we'll, we'll see. You know, like I if I could get a hold of a vehicle, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. You'd, so you'd have to rent a car, or you'd get an Uber. I get an Uber. Drive over that guy yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd tip him a little bit extra. I Is think, there an app it. you can just do the Uber app? Uber app for like drive over some hit and runs. Yeah, yeah. In Pittsburgh. Knight <laughs> app. Yeah. I think Suge Knight's a great name for a cat, too. When I get a that cat is a great name. Home, yeah. I had a cat named Stevens. <laughs> cat? Cat? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, what was his other name? What's his other name? Uh, Yusuf Islam. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's another. You should have the other cat. You the really other cat can't get another cat named yeah. Yusuf. That's, That's not bad. bad That's a good Yusuf. name. Hey, Yusuf. A good cat name. I like yeah. that. And I got a cat named after Dusty Rhodes. So awesome. Yeah. Covering all the bases here. I had a cat named Zoso from Led Zeppelin. You know, yeah, Zoso. oh yeah, that's a good name. That's a rock solid name. I think Suge Knight's great. And when I get a cat, my next cat is gonna be Suge Knight. Suge Knight, I like yeah. it. Yeah, you don't even need any puns with that. Yeah, like a Suge cat Knight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, even if it's a nice little cat, it doesn't have to be a mean yeah. Cat, he doesn't have to be a mean know? cat. He doesn't have to be yeah. More respect to the West Side. Right. No, I'm an East Side. I'm an East Coast guy, but yeah, so respect. You know, he won't have to. You can. You could even declaw me. He'd be fine. I think. Yeah, doesn't need to be gangster whatsoever. Not that I'm a fan of declawing. <laughs> no, I don't. No, think, no cat's got to fend for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, they're in a pinch. Even an inside cat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If some dog's annoying them or whatever, they got to yeah. stand their ground. And just bat them on the face with their paws. Plus, they like it. to just like dig in stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's stuff part like of what they do. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, back to your name. <laughs> all right, so back the cat. Or the, uh, <laughs> we could we could talk more about your <laughs> hypothetical cat. Or... So Suge Knight, the cat. Okay, so there's a there's a war going on uh-huh. now in the East Coast and West Coast, a little like a street war. Two pockets drawn into that. Plus, there was a track came out. Um, who shot you? That Biggie put out. Oh, okay. So he's kind of rubbing it in. It sounds like he's running in. So Tupac is in jail, got shot. Biggie's on the radio with a track called Who Shot Ya? Yeah. It's a great song, yeah. but it sounds like a little bit of a dick. That Tupac, son of a bitch. That's a feud going on. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't intended like that, it's a slick little yeah. thing at him. So anyway, the, the, the musically, Tupac put out two albums on Death Row. Officially, a double album, All Eyes on Me. Okay. And then Machiavelli, which is my favorite. It's really the is that his most prominent one that has like I think Big All Papa on me. Well, no, Big Papa is uh, Biggie. Oh, I, okay. See, I thought. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I thought I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. we're gonna get to Biggie. Okay. He, in a way, for, for what we're talking about, rap and the art of rap, Biggie's better than Tupac. Oh, okay. And I mean, I think overall, I, I like Tupac better as he's a bigger cultural figure. Yeah. Maybe even his music is more powerful, but if we're talking about the art of rap, I think Biggie is more important. Okay. But to finish up on Tupac, yeah, yeah. So he, he, when he was on Death Row, he, put, he recorded like a hundred songs. 
and that's yeah. why his albums kept coming out. Yeah. So even after he got shot, 96, September 96, mm-hmm. they were putting out double albums of new Tupac songs. That's I know, because you keep like, hearing about like, all these... He's still alive. <laughs> right. And they were trying to play that up like, yeah. in the albums. And oh, that really? was part of the mythology. Yeah, said, yeah. And he, like, they go, wait a minute, now we have a t- new Tupac album, not a single, a double album, mm-hmm. another double album, another double album. For a while, it was a little bit like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. what's going on here? And, and since his music is timeless, yeah, you know it. It in any era it could have fit it. Yeah, fits in perfect. Fits in, yeah, there's a, there's a Fifty Cent mixtape that 2003 or 2004 where it's like they found like an old Tupac song and it fits perfect. It's like and they try to play it like, look, man, here's Tupac Still coming back. Did you ever see the Chappelle skit? Where yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's at like a club. Like, yeah, yeah. On the, yeah, exactly. You that's got doo doo on your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it seemed. It was yeah. like, damn. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, coming in from here from a very basic, bare bones knowledge standpoint, who else did Tupac tie in with? Like, who was he friends with in the rap world that um, um, that you could kind of make connections? Like, because I'm, I always get the East Coast, West Coast mixed up a lot of the times. And it has, but I'm kind of thinking, who does, who did he associate more? Was there other notable names that he associated with? Um, not really. No? Especially once he's on the West Coast. Uh-huh. He worked with some guys called the Outlaws. Okay. Who stunk. Okay. They're just not good. No, no disrespect. A lot of these big rappers, they always have like a crew of guys. Were they like hanger honors? Like Eminem has the D12 yeah. guys who are horrible. Yeah, you know? yeah. Everybody has, Nas has the Bravehearts who are horrible. <laughs> the only guys who, who was Wu-Tang, who, who everybody was great. Right. But um, Tupac worked with um, Method Man from Wu-Tang and okay. Red Man. Okay. Um, and some West Coast guys. But he was on his own. He was like very much... And he was so driven himself, like uncommonly, like hardly anybody. I mean, he died at 25. And all wow, that, stuff. that was it? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That's crazy to think. You think about the movies he made, all the albums he made. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff he did behind the scenes. He did a lot of stuff, like sort of underground things. He put out a list of rules for gangs, uh-huh. how to operate in gangs, not just like... Peace, but look, if you're going to be in a gang life, let's have some rules to this. Let's be careful of yeah. babies and yeah, you know, like a real have some sort of code to it. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he he was all over the place under the age of 25. Think about what you were doing when you're 25, dude. I was like still kicking it and starting off in Philly at that point. Yeah, man, I was working like at an ice cream shop, watching The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah, smoking. You know, like a, yeah. Like, you know, I like watching Beavis and Butthead. You right, know? you know. And this guy, by the time he's 25, look what he's done. So, I mean, <laughs> what could he have done? It's, That's unbelievable. And to think, too, 96 is when he died. Uh-huh. It's only like 45, 47 at this point. That's unbelievable to really think. And would he have been in politics? You know, would he have created, I mean, films, um, screenplays? He would have. He would have moved beyond the rap. Oh, stuff. for sure. Like you look at guys like Jay Z and whoever too. Like yeah, they dive into his all these label. other ventures. His yeah. own label. 
You know, he, he could be owning an NBA team or a Absolutely. football team or, yeah. you know, yeah. anything like that. They're all, but there always base. would have been a um, social justice element to Tupac. For sure. It's not always there with Jay-Z. He's great, but you, Tupac would have had that. I mean, he comes yeah, from that Black Panther. Yeah. His mom was in jail, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. That's a whole different thing he would have brought. That's why he's missed so much. Yeah. You're not just missing the music, you're missing America needed Tupac alive, needs him alive now. Right, you know? right. Now, uh, do you want to talk about Biggie or do you want to talk about Tupac's death? Or like that whole incident? What would be, what would make more want. of a smoother transition? Like, what, what do you want? You know? Do we want to, let's, uh, I guess let's go with Biggie first. All right, yeah, Let's talk yeah. about him and then we'll talk the butting heads more so a little bit after All right. Okay. Well, like I said, Biggie is a better rapper and one of the most important, probably the most important of the 90s rappers. Biggie is like the most musical rapper. His, his flow is like how sometimes there's a rap song that will have purposely a hook. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little singing part. Yeah. His style is almost like, sing, as he's rapping, it's almost like he's singing to the beat. Yeah. You know, and that's a that was a different kind of thing. And a lot of, there's a tape of him in Brooklyn where he's a kid and he's just freestyling on the street. Yeah, know? yeah. It just was a natural talent he had to connect with the music like that. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of guys would just like, or a lot of rappers now, you just write your stuff on paper, say, okay, give me the beat, I'll just rap to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's fine, it's good, but Biggie is more musical. If you really look at it, it's like how you, you find a, there's a chord progression and you have to play in a scale to fit it. You can't just play anything. Yeah. You know, like you have those fast guys that just, uh, I mean, I've played with people like that. They just go, you know, and it doesn't really fit. Yeah. So they, it can be real fast. It can be great, but it's great, just not, yeah. But it doesn't fit. But like, you know, Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd will put something in that fits perfectly with the music and the progression. Right, right. That's how the sound of... Biggie stuff was. Yeah. And he pretty much had, when he was alive, like another guy, I think he was 25, too. That's crazy, dude. I mean, That's so he crazy. He died six months later. He died, it was just, we had the anniversary, March 9th. That was it, six months later? Tupac September. Wow. Biggie's in March. Wow. 97. Wow. So two albums, Ready to Die and Life After Death. Mm-hmm. And he is still, I mean, for a good reason, worshipped as probably the best yeah. ever. Man. Yeah. And, and the thing about Biggie that I always think, he was getting better. I mean, Ready to Die is a classic. I remember buying that album, um, I was going Christmas shopping, <laughs> and I figured, let me buy this too. I was buying my dad a Paul McCartney. Uh-huh. And I remember the kid at the... Uh, counter he just saw like ready to die and he just like flipped the thing off put it in the bag didn't charge me it's like yeah man Merry Christmas. oh you know that's I mean? awesome it's like you're buying awesome. biggie for christmas yeah you you're not getting charged for this this you is all you I mean? man there's yeah. just an understanding promotion of the fuck the art or whatever that place was a target you yeah. know what i mean yeah no <laughs> but but biggie was getting better because i always think in his second album, there's the, the last three songs are, um, there's, um, My Downfall, yeah. Long Kiss Goodnight, and You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You. Oh. You listen to those three oh, songs. Oh, an homage to D. Martin. Is it? <laughs> that is, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. 
was the song there's, a, there's a um, John Lennon nobody loves oh, nobody loves you when you're down and out oh, yeah which he actually wrote for Frank Sinatra seriously yeah what? Frank and Sinatra didn't want so, no, probably not it's a great song Th- that's what was cool about D- like this is kind of almost in a way to that too is like D. Martin and Sinatra they were kind of like like D. Martin hosted this one show where the Hollywood Palace I think it was and the Rolling Stones came on there early Rolling Stones he had to introduce the Rolling Stones and you can tell by D. Martin's intro that he did not give a shit about the Rolling Stones really? yeah I'll have to send you the clip I gotta watch that. I posted I it on YouTube Stones. he's like oh the Rolling Stones they're coming up he's like and then like he introduced he's like and they're doing whatever I don't know what they're doing and like they come on they play this song and then he gets on he's like oh the Rolling Stones weren't they great and then he rolls his eyes uh, <laughs> and, and then he say like you girls with long hair. Yeah, and he was talking about like, you yeah, see yeah. all these guys with long haircuts, yeah, and I think, you know, they just have like really tall foreheads with like long eyebrows, and he's like making jokes like that, and so, and the Bowling Stones were pissed, like they I were wonder what they play. Pissed. What song did they play? Um, oh god, it was one of their the really, really earlier yeah. ones. I'll send you the clip, maybe I'll get, I'll, I'll like po- I post it on Facebook all the time, so I'll post it on our podcast website for all people right, to yeah, check yeah. out. I'd like to see that. Fucking, it's hilarious. And I love the Martin, so. But yeah, that's kind of like a. No, you're nobody till somebody kills you. You're nobody till somebody loves you. It was D. Martin's song. So there's a big flip of. Uh, there you go. Genius is a shock of right, right. right. I don't know, and was, was D. Martin a genius? Uh, I think no. D. Martin. He was kind of a Renaissance man in a way. Yeah. He was very much, like, he did all the Italian crooner stuff and yeah, like the yeah. so- songs of standards. So there's no breaking ground as far as musical artistic goes, but his personality and his style and how he handled himself. That was kind of renaissance in a way because Sinatra was so hot tempered and angry, yeah. while D. Martin was like, I don't give a shit. Like he's laid back. Yeah, he was a character. Like he didn't he didn't partake in all like the the games and stuff like that. And yeah. He grew up like you know Steubenville, Ohio, just right across the oh, state okay. from us. So uh, and like worked in a gambling casino and all that stuff. We had, I could have a whole podcast about D. Martin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so he kind of. I'm, I'm sure maybe, like, in some roundabout way, they, they kind of, like, took from those guys in a way, too. You know, because uh, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever you want to call him, he had a song, too, with, like, a collaboration one that referenced the Rat Pack and, like, Sammy and D. Martin, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of influence on there, too. I don't know, you know? much about those guys. Oh, I could, I could go on to that. We go. would we'd switch tables. We'd, all right, all switch right. tables. Next, so coming up, we'll and then coming up, we'll have uh, something like that. Rat pack, all that stuff. That, I man. I'll have to do some research, but I could talk to my dad about some stuff like that. All right, can fill me in and, and yeah. Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis. Oh, I love Sammy. Yeah. He was the most talented out of all three of those. I know uh, so. Mr. Bojangles. I know Bob Dylan did a cover of that. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh no shit. All right, so that, that'll be for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so Biggie's getting bigger. Well, he would be getting. You think more and more talent, like yeah, so accruing you, that talent. You listen to those last three songs. Those are pretty much the last three songs that he put out. They're just tremendous wordplay, um, flow, content. Um, he was getting better and better, and who knows where he would have gone. Now Biggie, one of the he put a lot of people on. He had his crew of guys. He actually wrote for people. Um, like a little Kim. Okay. He wrote for her. Mm-hmm. He wrote for his guy, Little C's. But he put on Jay Z. He kind of introduced Jay Z. Okay. And in a way, Jay Z kind of took Biggie's spot. Like right after Biggie died, Jay Z had a song, The City Is Mine. You know? Oh, okay. And 
But of course, Jay Z is great in his own way. Yeah, yeah, he's got some good shit. Jay Z came from the late '80s. You would not even recognize his stuff. He was like a very, he was like a fast, like um, way old school kind of guy. Like his that stuff does not hold up at all. Yeah. Like he had a video called Hawaiian Sophie that's just embarrassing. <laughs> like cheesy, bad. Cheesy. Yeah. He's wearing. Um, Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and he's got like a let and it's like there's like Hawaiian girls dancing and he's just real fast like you know I riggedy rap yeah and it does it's I mean you know he wants that it's like obliterated obliterated yeah. so say if they were to show that pull prank on him like an April Fool's joke on him at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn yeah right he would not be a half fan of that like they put his, his music video on there would he get a kick out of it or would I he... don't know no yeah. no somebody would get fired for that yeah he'd be like Who's, did who did this shit yeah somebody might get literally fired <laughs> right, yeah. you know what I mean yeah <laughs> but Jay Z is obviously what he turned into and he got influenced by the Nas we can get to Nas too sure yeah but Jay Z's first big album called Reasonable Doubt is one is absolute peak of lyrics in, in rap mm-hmm. and his style you cannot is inimitable mm-hmm. because he packs so much dense information and like intelligence and wit and it's almost like he's having a conversation yeah like a lot of like these guys are like let me try to do to you know be the party guy let me try to be a tough guy right this stuff is just like i'm just gonna tell you i don't even feel like rapping but i'm so good at it i'm gonna do it anyway so let me just tell you all the money i'm right. making yeah and all the adventures i'm doing yeah he, so many people have have stolen so many ideas from his his the, the persona he brought so did he kind of characterize the persona of like oh i got all this money and mm-hmm. I kind of do what I want. Like, he was kind of the pioneer of that? Very much. Yeah. And it's interesting because there were there were guys before that in rap who sort of... Or, like, this is in any kind of... In anything. Because why Jay-Z is important culturally is you think, well, oh, it's a bad thing to make money. It's better to be artistic. You know? Yeah. It's better to be... Well, society sucks anyway, so I'm not going to take part, and I'm yeah. not going to be a sellout. Yeah, I mean that's what. How did Kurt Cobain was so uh, like revered? And he, but he, he he was almost shameful for the fact that he was, he was getting money and yeah getting he was getting popular. Jay Z said, oh, "I already got money. I'm not here to get more money." Right. Yeah. You know, and even if that's a persona, that's kind of interesting. And and he's lived that in his life. Yeah. He's gone out and gone. He you know. It's, it's he's proven his stuff that mm-hmm. he said in his raps because he's made big moves. Yeah, and he's held his own with big corporate powers, which God knows the um, friction and tension and the little shiesty games that get Absolutely, played. that's the whole other gangster kind of vibe. That's another gang. It's white collar gangster, right? Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you know, any Jay Z, just his. Uh, mainstream stuff like yeah, Hard yeah. Knock Life. Um, uh-huh. That was like his first, one of his first. Yeah. Where he broke through. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Um, well, Ninety Nine Problems. Mm-hmm. Um, his collaboration with Linkin Park. That mashup. Oh, oh, <laughs> I just got a. Oh, Chills down your spine. No, I just got nauseous. Hey, did you? Oh. <laughs> 
Oh. Yep. That's and no, then. Just uh, not a Lincoln Park guy. Yeah. No. I I, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either, really. But I thought the mashup was kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, around that time, one of the reasons that happened is he put out. He he made a big thing is he's going to retire. So he put out his last album. His black album is from '99 Problems from. Okay. And one of the things around that time is he released the acapellas of that album. So there were tons of remixes mm-hmm. and mashups. That's why you find like Jay Z Oasis, Jay Z Radiohead. Oh, okay. All this stuff. All these DJs took those because the rhymes and the flows are so great. They'll yeah, fit they on fit anything. on a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. They so, definitely like amplified a song. Like, yeah. You could definitely. And they fit, and it and it doesn't take. I mean, that was always something the DJs did. You could take an acapella. And fit it to another beat. Yeah, Jay Z is so good that you can you take any of his acapellas. Yeah, they'll fit on anything. You know, right? There's a Wu Tang Beatles mashup that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'd love to hear that. We'll be talking about Wu Tang too, like when Wu Tang. Yeah, we're we're gonna get heavy into Wu Tang yeah. in the future one. Yeah, of the Wu, I'd say there's three or four guys that deserve to be in the best ever. I mean, Ghostface, Method Man. Raekwon, okay, Jizza, mm-hmm. these guys are elite level. Not okay. quite, maybe Biggie and Tupac level, but they're they're still up there. Yeah, yeah. And I find it too. Um, I would agree with like Biggie has more like pun not intended has more notoriety yeah. because I you know <laughs> us like goofy white people you, they sing Biggie all the time. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of Tupac being. You know, yeah, in the same yeah. realm. Not to say that you know to take away from Tupac's ability, and but like, because I mean, besides like this whole rape charge thing, I kind of like you know what Tupac has, you know, oh, to the table. And you said like that that whole stuff was fallacy, anyways, for the most part, right? Yeah, that was yeah. his friends. What he what he said was that was his friends knew a girl and he wasn't even in the room. Yeah. When that happened. Now, did he just Supposedly. get barreled into it because of his fame? Uh-huh. Fame. Is yeah. that okay? And he and watch his interviews around that time. He said, "I didn't even, I didn't even touch this girl. I'm going to jail for it." Yeah. They wanted to. They did not want him going out. Yeah. They they wanted him Growing. behind bars. Okay. They yeah. wanted his family behind bars. Yeah. They wanted his message behind bars. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in a way, we God bless Shook Knight because we <laughs> bailed him out. Nobody else bailed out Tupac. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, th- I think it's fascinating. What do you think about NWA, like Ice Cube and yeah, Easy and He's known as one of the top guys. I'm not such a fan. I mean, I like NWA. Yeah. That was one another one of the early tapes I got. Sure, yeah. I'm not such a fan. I mean, he's a little bit simple. He's kind of like that A-B, simple right. kind of rhyme. To me, I don't hold Ice Cube. Because Ice Cube was NWA. He wrote for the other guys. Dr. Dre never... Doesn't write his rhymes. He's eating. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. MC Ren, I think, is better than Ice Cube. He's the other rapper in NWA. Okay. But Ice Cube basically wrote, you know, is the the lyricist of NWA and in his later career. Yeah. But I don't put him as a top. I put him top thirty, maybe. You know. Right. But I don't put him up with these other guys as much as I love NWA. Yeah. I love them. If we're talking about the artistry. Right. Well, now what? Um. He's kind of played off that character too. Like, I'm always mad all the time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that kind of bit. Thing. That's yeah. one way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, okay, now to ranch on back. So, Tupac dies. 
Biggie's gang's probably involved with it, like, or how's that work? Well, yeah, that, that's another, that's a whole another. Should thing. we hold off for sure, another no, podcast? Go, on that? I mean, yeah, I mean, but but to go into that a little bit, if you want. Sure, yeah, let's dive man. a little bit into it. <coughs> a little teaser. That, that was known as. I mean, the fact that they're not; those two cases are not officially solved is criminal in itself. Uh-huh. It was. But there's a lot of reasons behind that. Yeah, it was gang. There, it became a gang war between these these two organizations, um, Death Row and Bad Boy Puffy, on the East Coast with Biggie and um, Show Knight with Tupac. Mm-hmm. And Tupac too was talking reckless. He was. He made the song "Hit 'Em Up," which uh-huh. is like you know, I I fucked your wife and that kind of. Whoa, thing. You know, oh was, boy! Was, he, he, he was not an angel, you know? yes. And he was gassed up, and he was getting involved in a lot of gang stuff. Mm-hmm. Now you watch. There's a video from that night, September seventh, in Las Vegas. There's a video of him stomping out by this guy Orlando Anderson. Uh huh. And I guess they took his chain. There's video of Suge Knight jumping in. That second video of why Suge Knight it is why he went to prison because he violated his parole. Oh, okay. So Tupac does this stupid thing where maybe they did that shit all the time. I mean, Death Row was gangster. Yeah. They did they did stomp outs and beat ups all the time. Whoa. But this was caught on film and those guys were connected with some other gang guys who said who already there was already a hit on Tupac. And it's thought that maybe it's connected to Puff Daddy. Okay. That he offered money. Yeah. But regardless of that, this stomp out sparked it where they said, okay, we're going to go, we're going to kill him tonight. So there is, they've actually gone up where he was leaving, um, there's a famous picture where he's in the car with Suge Knight, it's the last picture of him alive. Uh-huh. And he's leaving in the car to, to go do a club thing. And apparently... So they're playing the music loud. They got pulled over. Some then another car with some girls heard it, recognized them. They pull up. Meanwhile, another car pulls up right alongside them, and it's a drive-by shooting. L.A. California is a drive-by. Yeah. And they shot the car up. Whoa. Now, now why isn't it? Why didn't it ever get solved? There were guys connected to the gang and connected on the payroll who were like LAPD, oh. dirty cops. Whoa. Um, and so for a while, that, that created a lot of conspiracy theories. Did the cops, you know, did the did, did they the orchestrate kill it? it? Which no, I think in ta- in, in the history has proven out no. But yeah, they didn't work to solve it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but it, it's yeah, I mean it's a tragedy, but it's a gang. It was a gang, war. and after he died, that sparked. A even bigger gang war retaliation. We're coming back, yeah. Um, and the guy, the guy who shot him was shot like I think two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've gone back and and gone through investigations and, and broke this out of how this happened. And it Well, um, now then Biggie dies. Six months later, like you said. Also in Los Angeles, also in California. Okay. He's visiting, he had his song, I'm Going Back to Cali, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you, you also, if you listen to Biggie's album, The Life After Death, it's, it is, it, it has an atmosphere like no other album. It is dark. Yeah. And, like, not even trying to be dark. It's not like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's rapping and doing his thing, but there's just an atmosphere of 
death of violence, and it, it's it's sad. It's not like it's yeah. Oh, this it's not uplifting, or because now you see. <laughs> no, no, it's not uplifting, and honestly, it's not like Tarantino violence. It's not Scorsese violence. It's, it's like, reflecting on the realities and the harshness. Yeah, yeah, and that you listen to it, and you think he's getting ready to die. In you know, even I think before the album came out, you think he knew he was gonna get. Well, I mean, when you kind of you know. In that kind of gangster style, if yeah, you, even if you delve into that stuff, you're gonna, it's gonna but, come back and bite you at some point. But see, the thing is, I always think like gangster rap. I like that stuff, and I don't want it to be real. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's guys. There's there's a group called Mob Deep. Yeah, I've like, heard of them. Who do like gangster and they talk like shooting people all the time. That's their thing. That's not. It's not real. Yeah. They don't really do that. Yeah. And you would hope, as a listener, you don't want them to. do that. You don't that. want them to do you, that. You stuff. don't want Robert De Niro to really be shooting somebody. Right. He shouldn't have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but but the, but Biggie obviously is has real threats on his life, and he goes to Los Angeles, and it's the same. It's a drive-by shooting. Whoa. Somebody pulled up. You know, riddle the car with bullets. Well, I would think too. If you're if you're Biggie and you're going to L.A., wouldn't you not want to go into L.A. at that point? Like, you wouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah. People have said that. Yeah. People have said. I mean, I guess he had to do it to promote the album. But Jeez, I'd be like, <laughs> I'll promote it somewhere else via satellite. Right. I'll go to Canada. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or via satellite. Yeah. yeah I mean, but but he made a song I'm going back to Cali which was basically it's on the album it's just like look fuck it I'm, I'm, I'm not letting this stop me yeah you know yeah gonna go out with a bang go out with a bang I guess literally yeah yeah, yeah. jeez oh man alright went into let me go let me just ask about Puff Daddy a little bit because I always kind of felt Puff Daddy was kind of like st- almost like a hanger on in a way yeah. Yeah. yeah and like he's just the he was like the little dog to big exactly. big dog you know where he's like yeah yeah come yeah, on yeah. you know that kind of you know and he's Nick in the background he's, he's the guy behind him behind the tough guy he's, yeah come on he's the scrappy dude to scooby dude <laughs> yeah you know yeah yep. so like that's kind of with the bow exactly always yeah. trying to start the fights yeah and then you know scooby and shaggy gotta build him out <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, exactly, um, that's exactly Is that how he is? Like, is that how... I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. and he wanted to be a tough guy, uh-huh. and he, so he got brought, he, he brought in a lot of gang people to protect him. Yeah. <coughs> and he talked a lot of shit, and he didn't no. produce his own records, he never wrote his own raps. Yeah. And he's all over the Biggie albums. I wish somebody would make a mix where they just cut him out. Oh, no. Because you listen, listen to Life After Death. He's all talking all over like, yeah, you motherfucker. Well, you, you know? Bill Burr, the comedian Bill Burr, he was talking yeah. about that. Like, he's like, yeah, P. Diddy just comes into these goes like, yeah, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would just do that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, <laughs> okay, we get it. Yeah. We don't have to have a live, like... It's almost like you take it to point. Oh, yo, that's pretty good. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Yeah, like, that doesn't have to be in the good song. Good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, you know, baby. Mix that like higher than the song. Vocals, right, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that kind of clears things out for me a little bit with P Diddy, 
And I don't really like a lot. He stinks. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like yeah. a lot of his stuff. Boo. Even though he referenced Boo. Dean and Sammy the one time, that's, that's all the credit I'm going to give him. All right, all so, right. Uh, and I like the police, and he did a thing with the police. About he sampled, um, uh, I'll be missing you. I'll be missing you, Eric. Which is so, so, so yeah. He's still ripping off uh, Biggie's family on the publishing, and there he's dancing in the video, I'll be missing you. What a clown. Yeah, yeah, what a clown. All right, so branching off into what rap develops into is that where we want to go like okay what happens what who influences or who is this going into the downslope of of rap is this where this kind of starts after after this fact or they reach such a peak that they start is it starts dropping down or does it still maintain its like significance and uh anything like that or yeah, it like, I think it still has, and it's still vital and artistically yeah, vital. I think the difference is in those, in the 80s, the guys we talked about, the yeah. 90s, the popular guys were great, were really good. Yeah. Now it's like the popular guys are not as good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pop, especially in the 2000s, you know, you had like some more pop stuff come through. Right. It's just the content is not there. But underground, there's still a lot of great stuff. That yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So that's the difference. It's, it's just not mainstream. It's not as mainstream. The mainstream stuff is more garbage and not as much like creativity and artistic. I don't think so. I mean, except for Kendrick Lamar. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he has, he, I think he's put out three official albums. They're great. I mean, especially his Good Kid Mad City. Yeah. Came out in 2012. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly was two years ago and his stuff is very creative um, his flows are always switching up he's a guy who yes you can see how he took different styles but he's going to influence people down the line right because he's a writer you can tell uh-huh. um, and his albums are, the way they're put together are, are odd and see he puts a lot of like his own personal stuff we'll put like uh, it, it's it's hard to make sense. Yeah. Like the Pimper Butterfly album uh-huh. is built around part of a poem that he'll 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 say two lines, then there'll be a song, then he'll say four lines, then another song, then he'll say six lines, oh. and you realize it's all built around a poem. Plus, at the end, it has a Tupac um, interview where he's talking with Tupac. Like really? He makes it like he's he makes it like he's talking. Oh, and he says, "So what do you think about this?" Tupac is talking and then he asks him another question and then he asks him now what do you think about this and there's no answer he says no wait what 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 do you think about that he wants another answer and there's no answer that's pretty cool that's the end of the album that's pretty cool yeah. now what does uh, that's a very creative part like I would like interloping with a poem and stuff like that that's pretty sweet that's what? the pimp butterfly pimp yeah. butterfly so, what does his content usually contain? Is it more that mainstream, like, is it a Jay-Z thing where it's like, oh, I'm rich or I got money Not or nothing like no, that? No, he's very... Not rich. about, is it like about violence or is it... A little bit. Kind I mean, of political standpoint? What, yes, and he, he came from Compton, so he's a guy who grew up in gangs. But okay. Sort of his persona is a guy who it was not a gang member, but then could, couldn't avoid it. Yeah. You know, so he takes that of, like... You know, where do you go in that situation? You know, yeah. do you join a gang mm-hmm. or do you get stopped on and rolled over? Yeah. Where does this, what options do you have in society? Sure, yeah. Do you want to be a kid who's, uh, oh, Good Kid Mad City is the name of the other album. Oh, okay, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and a lot of his songs go very deeply into, I mean, the storytelling of, like, getting um, roped into situations where he's going to get robbed. You know, he, yeah. it's not, he's not the guy who's out shooting everybody. He's personal stories of a kid. He's taking it from another perspective, almost like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a writer would be telling if he was involved with the situation he'd be documenting a story almost and what he yeah. kind of went through and it's relatable in the sense that he's not a tough guy right like, like how many of us are really tough guys right no, <laughs> no, no, no. I know I mean it's yeah. like like you can relate to Tupac and his, his his energy and his pain and all that but I can't relate to right stomping people out no you know, I mean? who, who want to no who <laughs> want know? to yeah yeah so no that's cool um <laughs> Do you want to talk about anybody like from Southern Rap in regard? What See, they Southern Rap, there? it's just it's not my bag. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's um, Outcast. I like. I like Outcast. Yeah, Mom, yeah. Okay. But it's just not my thing, man. I'm. I, I see. Uh, what we've talked about has been very East Coast New York biased right. except for Tupac but that's just yeah. biased but hip hop comes from New York I mean that's really people would disagree but that's just how I sure you know, and I like I like that style of just lyrics bars and lyrics you yeah know? yeah um, now who would can you talk about Snoop Dogg a little bit I'm just trying to go for mainstream people that yeah. people know what where does he put rank up in the hierarchy of did you see Snoop Dogg just had that video where he's shooting uh, Donald Trump? Yes. You know? I heard about that, yeah, yeah. Which is actually, it's a cool beat. I think the guys who did that beat did um, a beat for, did an album for Ghostface Killer. Oh, really? Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, beats cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, Snoop Dogg is a little bit like um, like Biggie, how he flows to the beat. Sure. You know, that, and sometimes there's not a lot of content there. Like, he'll, he'll talk like gangster stuff. Okay, and, yeah. Um, I don't hear a lot of depth of, you know, reverberations, culture. Sure, yeah. But, um, and he's, to me, he's kind of repetitive. But he's a guy who can always just flow. And he can just jump on any remix. And he has classics. I mean, I remember Doggy Style when that was getting ready to come out. That yeah. was like, the world was waiting on that album. Yeah, yeah. And that's a banger. Man. Yeah. That's, that's Dr. Dre produced that. Because you ask any outsider that's like, nah, I'm not familiar with hip-hop that much. They'll say name some hip hop people. Snoop Dogg would be one of the guys I'd name, yeah. you know. And so I'm kind of see. I'm curious of how much, uh, like, weight does he hold in regards to being a big influencer or anything like that. To me, not much. Yeah. Because you might be able to like recite a few lyrics and it's party stuff, but what are you? What is he really saying? Yeah. Not much, yeah. you know, which is fine. It's fine, uh-huh. but is he? Is how much is he contributing culturally, artistically? Yeah, um, nothing compared to KRS-One, Chuck D, right. Tupac, right. Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're just taking a different tact, you know, a different angle sure. for what's important to me. You sure, know? yeah, yeah. And let's also note, like, not everybody. There's a lot of guys that try to be political and. There was a conscious rap, you know, that they... And it comes off bullshit because it's trying to be preachy. Yeah. I mean, at least Snoop Dogg is honest to, you know, he likes to smoke he's weed just who and he have is. his hoes. And, and he that's is who he is. And that's man. respectable in its own, right? You that's do, what I'm just saying. Do it like that way. There's you know? preachy guys who are... I mean, there's a guy, Talib Kweli, who... He came up with the guy Most Def. Who's oh, I know Most great. Def. Yeah. Most Def is one of the greats. Okay. Yeah, he's another guy who 
had a great run. Yeah. Until Lib Quale, <clears throat> I don't care for him as much. It's very choppy delivery, but it's also, it's like, his stuff is almost like, well, we need better education in more schools, and let's stop the violence and, and this stuff. But it comes off like, we, we know that. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I mean, I think art should represent all things, like, mm-hmm. represent the contradictions, you know? You're not always living a perfect life. Right, you know? right. That's what Wu-Tang was always about. You know, yeah. There's contradictions. There's, look, they're saying, look, this is the way we should be living. We're not living like that. Right. us. Exactly. And it kind of makes you aware, like, if you're thinking on a deeper level, it makes you more aware of what you people should be doing rather than what yeah. is not happening. Or, and if they were being overly political, like, what if there's 90s stuff that said, oh, man, we really hate Dan Quayle and George Bush. And, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, that's not going to age as well. No. You know, we... And, like, people, you know, if you want to learn about politics and stuff like that, I mean, I guess if you want to learn about politics, the thing to do would be read a paper or watch the news. Yeah. If that's yeah. your your bag, you know, but you're listening to hip-hop or, you know, even rock or alternative rock, you don't want to hear about, like, political statements a lot of times. Some people yeah. do and appreciate that, but majority of people, that I don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or you, it, but it, in art, yeah. I mean, if you want it to be timeless... Right, you know, like it, it should reflect from the on the day and age. Like you could go back and be like, "Wow, this still holds up." I could see this having a big impact on you know what's today's political landscape, and it doesn't reference anything, but it just makes a statement. You know, what like I mean? Tupac, all his stuff was political. One of it, it, the only thing that doesn't hold up. There's a line where he mentions Pete Wilson, the mayor in California at the mm-hmm. time. So the, like the one time he tried to say something political doesn't really hold doesn't up. Hold but up. everything else he did, just talking about his life and his beliefs, regardless of specific politics, is political. Right. It is powerful. Right. Yeah. Or there's a song by Richie Havens way back in the 60s. Yeah. Like, or I don't know. No, maybe it's more so in the 90s, but, you know, 60s yeah. folk artist kind of thing. Not in my father's shoes. And I listened to it, and I was like, dude, this is like today's kind of political It has its impact, yeah, on it, like in my father's shoes. I don't know the lyrics like word for word, but it certainly reflects on today's, you know, landscape of political outlook and stuff. So it's like. Is it a political song? Yeah, oh yeah, it's a political song, but it's like, he doesn't reference anybody. He doesn't, you know. I will not walk in my father's shoes. I will not walk in my father's shoes. And like, just goes on that, and you're like, holy shit, this is like. Totally applies to today. It's like the cycles. The sun. Yeah, exactly. To, yep. Has to find his own way. For sure. So, now, um, is there anybody else of big influence you want to talk about in regards to like what they did for the genre? Or I was gonna maybe ask you who has impacted the genre negatively, like hardcore, like what big names or is there anybody you kind of want to trash? <laughs> um. Not really. I mean, there's a lot of people I don't like, uh-huh. but it's too it's too big. You know, I don't even want to give them any more cred than what they. Yeah. But yeah. I'm saying, like, who is like, well, this guy kind of really set a tone. People get influenced by him, but he sucks, and he's not. He's he makes me mad that he's. Well, I don't care for Drake. Okay. I can't stand him. Yeah. I, I don't get. I don't that know anything about Drake. Either. I don't know much of the songs. I just uh, see nothing. I just don't get it. Uh-huh. And I don't hear any, like, I just hear, like, some obvious, just basic written stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
I don't connect with that at all. Yeah. Nor do I see the artistic validity in it. So I don't get that at all. Do you know what his content is? I don't even know. It's a lot of, uh, you know, relationships and he loves this broad and okay. he this broad and that broad, but he comes off as a... Okay. Douche, okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's just my. Yeah. You know, which is fine. He's got his. He's, he connects. So I don't. I don't want to trash him, but. Yeah. Or this is a guy, uh, Little Wayne. Okay, Little Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he had a little bit of a run. Where, I mean, he, for a while he was a great rapper. Okay. In about the 2005 to about 2008, he was pretty much. It was not a great time for rap music. He was probably the best rapper going. Sure. He put out mixtapes and mixtapes where he just flowed. Yeah. There's a mixtape called The Drought 3. It's a double album. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just flows. And it's just, it's like the, what we're talking about Biggie, of just being able to hear the beat and find what matches musically. Sure. And plus, like, little, you know, defined funny wordplay and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But his bid was he started doing, like, auto-tune stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which I yeah. don't care for. And, you know, he, he just... He, 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 the other thing about Lil Wayne is I don't think he ever really wrote anything. Okay. So when you're a rapper and you don't really write, you're kind of at the mercy of somebody the else. moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. like so you got to step in the studio. Maybe he's all fucked up on the drink and on the smoke. <laughs> right. He's like, sure, I'll sing the shit. <laughs> yeah. Let me just sing because it's gonna sound good. Yeah. That shit sounds good when you're fucked up. And yeah. The next day it's not so good. Yeah. So I think Lil Wayne got. Um, fell a little bit because he's not a writer he's not able to like Nas or somebody that can always you have that pen you can always go back to that sure if you're forced in the studio to just freestyle something you know but a a great rapper should do all that yeah you should be able to freestyle you should be able to write you should be able to hop on any beat right and fit the beat you should be able to talk on anything in your life yeah like a five tool player in baseball you know do all that Yeah. yeah yeah Like you can't just be a singles hitter. You can't just be a you can't just be uh, yeah. Dave Parker. You know, yeah, what I mean? making one hundred and fifty strikeouts. Yeah, you got forty home runs. Yeah, but yeah, batting two forty. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> you gotta you you gotta have all bases covered. So right, right. <laughs> now, um, do you want to talk about Nas at all a little bit? Oh yeah, so we yeah. can get Nas is my favorite of all time. Uh huh. And and Nas is was influenced a little bit by Rakim. And Cool G Rap, the guys we talked about. Okay. Sort of a combination. He was also influenced um, by a guy called K Solo, who's not that well known from Long Island. I think he's from Long Island. Okay. And if you go back and listen to a K Solo um, song called Fugitive, you'll hear Nas's style. And he's not that well known, but. Sure. But Nas came up um, and put out the Illmatic album in 1993, which was, is still, like, legendary. Pretty much like the Sgt. Peppers of rap. It's okay, like, yeah. It, it's it's the peak of the, the art form. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, he, and he's my favorite. He, of just packing poetry and a little bit gangster and a little bit this, a little bit that. And, yeah. And remaining relevant, you know, he just put out, a couple of years ago, an album called Life is Good, mm-hmm. where Nas is, I think, 42 or something now. Okay. And he's talking about his life. He's talking about, he's got a song called Daughters, about fathers raising daughters up. And his daughter was on Instagram with all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. And he's, he's realizing, like, well, I, I lived a crazy life. 
this is a girl, my daughter, who has a rap star for a father. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, what's this? How, how do I expect this? You know? Yeah. He had this song called Papa Was a Player, where he remembers his dad running around crazy. His dad was a musician. His dad is a trumpet player. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And, like, it, you know, he's he realizing, look, I'm running around doing crazy shit. That's what my dad did. You know, that yeah. was in him, what's in. And he remembers his dad telling him what's in me is in you, little man. And yeah. Like, yeah. I think, like, is a bit where he. As a little kid, he catches his father with some other woman other than his mom. Yeah. And the dad says, don't say anything. But, you know, he realizes, oh, I'm doing this shit later, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he's very, um, in the, it, it, there's an album called The Lost Tapes that is, like, it's so personal and so relatable. Yeah. You, you know, where he's, um, that's the Nas album I would recommend over all of the Nas albums. If you really want to hear little bit like what we were talking about with Kendrick Lamar. Sure. He's not playing the gangster. He's playing a guy who's living in this world, living in uh, in just world. Yeah. And with his own problems, you know. Yeah. And dealing with it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, is there anybody today like... New artist like Kendrick Lamar is he is he newer or is he has he been around he's for some time? Recent. He, I think he started coming up in the late two thousands. Okay. See, I love today is a guy West Side Gun and Conway are two brothers from Buffalo. Okay. <clears throat> You're not talking about Kanye. Conway. Kanye. Now they, that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kanye. You know, great beat maker. I don't care as much for. And a great rapper. Yeah. His recent stuff, I don't care. I was going to ask you about him. Um, He's great. You know, I'm I'm not going to down him, but he's another guy who's gotten a little bit too much auto-tune, a little too much feeling himself. I think with that last outburst we saw, I think he's... Yeah. I think he's sniffing. He's jumped the shark, so to speak. (laughs) He's he's sniffing the shark, I think. (laughs) He's sniffing the shark. You know what I mean? He didn't jump him, he just sniffed him, too. You know, but but yeah, he's he, his beats. I mean, forget about it. And his albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, sure. Westside Gun and Conway. Westside Gun put out an album last year called Fly God. Okay. And I wrote an article on the blog about it. It's, it's an incredible album. It reminds me of Illmatic of how sure how great it is. They just got signed by Eminem's label. Okay. So and the, and the other guy I really like is Rock Marciano. I've heard of him before. Yep, he's tremendous. Yep. Yeah, his flow. He reminds me a little bit of Big Daddy Kane, but he's tremendous, man. I I, I could not recommend him artistically enough. Okay, he does. Okay, and we didn't talk about Eminem. Yeah, Eminem. I don't. I, I, what I would say for Eminem is he's a guy to me. We came up battle rapping, right? That's mm-hmm. the other thing. There's a whole battle rap. Yeah. Of guys were like, it's, and and that's the thing, honestly. If you look at like battle rapping, like on the YouTube and stuff, for a while, really, it was white people really doing it. <laughs> because white people turned it into, instead of just like rapping, it became like insulting, like, well, your mom's so yeah. You know your mean? mama jokes. They turned. They made a show about that. Your mama yeah. jokes. Were and it, it was like a vaudeville act. It's like some guy like not even rapping like with this like stupid like yeah. You know, but Eminem is a real battle rapper. Mm-hmm. And one of the things to me, he's great, but his stuff doesn't hold up as much because in battle rapping, what you do is you have to be funny, witty, insulting, right. reference stuff. 
reference somebody's personal stuff. That's what he does in his song. Sure, yeah. But to me, they don't really hold up because they're like they're great for one listen. Yeah. But I'm not gonna re-listen to battle rappers when I'm really what's connecting with my life. Right, right. Which is what, what sort of how I would explain Eminem. Is yeah. Great. I mean, he, he, nobody wants to get in a battle with Eminem because he'll embarrass you. He'll, and he'll embarrass himself. He'll, but he'll do. He'll be funnier than you. He'll be wittier. Yeah. And he'll beat you. Yeah. But do I want to listen to that more than a couple of times? Not really. Right, right. You know. And some of his stuff too. The content it contains is like domestic violence stuff too isn't it or is that like more so like yeah. kind of like almost reflective jokes or... oh well he'll go anywhere with the jokes yeah yeah which is fine I mean I think yeah. it's fine yeah I'm not offended by any of it sure them, yeah but yeah. I just I would there's not a lot of his stuff that I'll re-listen to mm-hmm. you know yeah and I think that's how you can explain it he's a battle rapper yeah you know he's like the best battle rapper ever okay but do I really connect with that in my life no. Right. Listen. So. Yeah. It holds its own for what it is kind of thing. Now, idea I had while we were talking about this, I don't know if this is, this is up to you if you want to do something like this. I figure something we could do in the notes is you could make a playlist. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Of That's a good idea. a range yeah. of artists sure, that yeah, kind of represent not like a greatest hits, but something that has the biggest impact ranging from like uh, the initial pioneers, yeah, uh, like uh, Chuck D, yeah. Chuck, Chuck D, right? Yeah, and then you go for till like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, like that's a good idea. Range something like that. You just send it to me. We'll include it in the podcast notes, and then the listeners can kind of reference some that's things. Great idea. Go from it. And you can you can put whatever you want. We can make it in accordance to an article, maybe that you write. And speaking of us, you wrote a very good uh, discography breakdown. Of Nas's albums for the yeah, Keystone Statement, I will repost that, All right. so it goes back into because that's one of the first things we posted yeah. for the blog was that Nas thing. So I will I will bump that back up to the top. People can reference that. I, I will also link it into the podcast on the podcast yeah, page yeah. so people can take a take a look at that and yeah, see what you have to idea. say about all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So that would be awesome if we could get, yeah. If you're up for doing that, that would be sweet. Because um, this is informative. I really liked learning about this stuff. The positive and negative is about Tupac. The positive and negative is about Biggie. Their influences, but what they did in their personal stuff is very, yeah, you know, yeah. can clash. But it's also it's also part of their culture, the culture and what it was, so... Um, is there anything else you want to hit on? No, I'm good. I'll just say that we've, uh, we're wrapping up. Check out, as always, shemthepen.com. There you go. For all that news. We, just put, we didn't talk about 50 Cent, but I just yes. put out the 50 Cent article with 50 footnotes. There you go. Nobody else has ever put out a 50 Cent discography article 50. that's got 50 footnotes. I dare you. Yeah. I dare somebody. Yeah. Plus, drop the mic haiku on Twitter. That's the good stuff. That. You had a good Jim Croce reference the other day. And Oh, yeah, thanks. You yeah, retweeted. I did really that. 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 Yep. I always appreciate that. Yep. And we're working on that next Uncle Fresh and Shem Pen album. You know, because I do a little rapping. Sure, yeah. The Fresh is a rapper. Yeah. Making those beats probably in a couple months. Yeah. We'll have that done. I heard that, the one you were talking about, um, Do It For Kicks. Looking For Kicks. Looking For Kicks. And Volunteers. Volunteers. Just came out. Check out that YouTube, Shem the Pen Volunteers. It's on SoundCloud. Nice. It's got a banging little Jefferson Airplane sample. Nice, nice. You know? Yeah. Um, and if you like what you're hearing, this is uh, under the umbrella of the Keystone Statement. This, again, is Here Comes Everybody. 
we do this we try to do it once a week so far we've been pretty consistent with it I think coming on we'll have to pick a more consistent day to post it so it becomes a little more but um, now that I'm getting more and I just kind of put us on iTunes so hopefully that'll awesome. Awesome. Uh, I just gotta hear back from the ghost of Steve Jobs and see if it gets approved or whatever. All right. So in, in accordance to that, uh, yeah, if you like what you're hearing, visit us, uh, the Keystone, KeystoneStatement.com, www.KeystoneStatement.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at KeystoneSTMT. Uh, follow us on Instagram at KeystoneStatement. And we're on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. We're almost to 100 likes. Awesome. <laughs> almost there. So, um, yeah. But as far as that goes, we'll uh, see you all next week, and uh, we'll have another topic to talk about. For and sure. as always, we flash you back to the swords with knowledge. There we go. Yep. Yep.